Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today, Greg Oliar returns. We're going to be talking about Brett Kavanaugh. He's done this whole series on it. He's writing a whole series on Substack. Either he wrote the whole series or he's writing it. I'm not sure. But either way, we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be fucking awesome. There's going to be some other stuff. Obviously, the impeachment starts tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. But just FYI, I always try to keep these intros short. I try to do it at about three minutes or less. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast, and it's supported by listeners. It's also woman-run. I don't have corporate backers, and right now, I don't use advertisers, although that's going to change very soon. Patrons keep this show going, and if you're a patron of mine, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you, and I'm grateful for your patronage. If you enjoyed today's show, take a look at the About page and check out some of my past guests. I Usually talk politics, but occasionally I interview actors, and I, I've got the invite out to one big deal actor, keeping my fingers crossed. Not going to say who, I'll just say it's a guy. Anyway, I used to be an actor, so I understand the craft, and I love to talk to other creative people and actors specifically about what they do, what their process is. The way my show works is I do two free shows, Mondays and Wednesdays, and then I also do two shows after the free shows. Right now, calling them Kimberly's After Party. Those are for patrons only. And then I also do patrons only shows twice a month, although I've said this before and I'm not sure how this will change, but I usually do them with Steph Walton. She's She's been hired. She officially starts in the middle of this month. She's coming on Thursday's show and she's going to talk all about it. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. But either way, right now, the way it works is if you spend $4 a month as a patron, you get delivered to your email box as well as access to the two free shows and one of the patrons only shows with Steph. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get everything I just mentioned, the two free shows, the two Kimberly's after parties. And right now you're getting the shows with Steph. Although again, not sure where they're going. <laughs> just visit patreon.com slash start me up. And, you know, you can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email address, which you can use with PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. And please stop by the iTunes app or the Apple Podcast Store and become a subscriber. It's free, and thank you for everyone who already has. And while you're there, if you could give me a rating and a review, I would be eternally grateful. Okay, that's it. And we're under three minutes. Please enjoy my conversation with Greg Oliar. Welcome back, Greg. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, we're going to talk about so many things, but before we get into all that stuff, uh, especially about Kavanaugh, which is going to be so fascinating, just wanted to see how you're doing. Uh, the other day, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, I woke up and I did my usual morning routine. I get up early, I go make coffee, I feed the cats. And I think yesterday, that day was the first time that I haven't felt the lingering Trumpy feeling of dread hmm. like the entire world could come to an end this very day. Wow. Well, um, that's good. I think it's finally like even when I read, oh, the president said I haven't flipped it in my head yet mm -hmm. that Biden is the president. Now. Right. When I, I, when I said the president said I, I, I start to, you know curl up and, and as if anticipating <laughs> being struck by a blow. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Biden's president now. We're good. It's just the president does something. It's going to be a good thing. Yeah. Not a horrible, awful, evil thing. And that's so nice. You know, it's kind of <sighs> nice. 
It is nice. Although, you know what? I'm still I'm still that Doom character because I'm, you know, I'm totally, I don't want to use the word fearful, but I'm very concerned about the coming elections. I'm concerned about, you know, I mean, I, I've been pretty, I, I feel like the way Democrats are handling things right now, I, I feel pretty confident. Obviously, I would like to see a, an aggressive approach when it comes to any kind of making sure justice is served. And and I do think that they're doing, uh, I think they're doing good things. Um, but I'm also very concerned just because I know that there is this huge, I mean, there's, there's millions of people out there who are white supremacists. And then there are thousands of people out there who are willing to, you know, fight and, and draw blood. And so it's not the majority. I don't think it's the majority of the Republican Party or anything like that. But certainly there's enough people to do some real damage. And I'm just I'm concerned about that. And I'm concerned and maybe you can talk me down. But I'm concerned about the elections because, you know, people, as we know, and we've talked about this before, they get kind of complicit during midterms. I just, you know, it's like if we lose to these people, and I did a tweet the other day basically saying that if we lose, we're going to be a white supremacist nation. And people are like, hello, we already are. And to a degree, yes, of course. I mean, the White House was built by slaves. And we all know that there's all kinds of disparity in this country. But right now, the white supremacists are not ruling. They were with Trump, but they're not now. So they don't have all the power. They don't have, and it's, it's not just about legislative power, but if they get legislative power along with the other power that they have, I'm, I'm, you know, that's what scares the shit out of me. And I'm just wondering, you know, how you're feeling about, even though I know it's early, it's like, basically we're just living in election seasons now. Like after the, after an election, you get a few weeks and then it's back to election season. (laughs) So it's like, what are you thinking and how are you feeling? I'm going to give myself at least until March before I start worrying about, <laughs> okay. about the midterms. I, I'm going to, you know, uh, that's probably smart for three weeks. I mean, it, it, and look at all the stuff he's done. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, uh, he's moving along at a pretty impressive rate. Um, so I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I, I, I think that my main fear was going to be, he's going to come in and sort of do what Obama did, which is just try to get the Republicans to play nice, nice. And he's clearly not doing that. He's not mm-hmm. falling for that. No, that's true. Um, despite the fact that he's, or maybe because of the fact that he was in the Senate for so long, he knows all these people, he knows what we're up against. He knows it's a waste of time. And the press, by the way, the press is on, the, the, is not on his side. The press is on the side of the Republicans and always has been. Mm-hmm. It's always, well, why, how come Biden isn't pushing for unity yeah. when he, the Republicans aren't? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, Eric Bowler, who writes that that great press run uh, Substack, yeah, um, that, that's critical of the media, had a thing this morning where he was saying that, uh, you know, the, the, the media do- doesn't say anything like that. It never. It, it's not about unity. Most of the people in the country like what Biden has done. Yeah, that's right. The unity. The unity yeah. isn't about some asshole Republicans in Congress. It's about what uh, the rest of us people, uh, you know, want and need and demand. And, you know, one thing I'm no I'm no political strategist by any stretch of the imagination. But it seems to me that one thing that people like is when the government just gives them money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So <laughs> I don't think that this COVID package is going to be like, you know, not liked by most. People. Yeah. Uh, the Republicans are going to give you the, well, you know, the budget deficit and, oh, we have to blah, blah, blah with the economics. And uh, that's 
all well and good and they're welcome to do that. But I think most Americans, most, the, the, the lion's share of Americans either want or need that money. Yeah, and it's definitely. Gonna help, it's going to help us, everybody. It's going to help the economy. It's going to help people get through what is a really perilous, dangerous, scary time. Mm-hmm. The fact that Trump isn't president anymore almost takes a layer of, of crazy weirdness away, but we're still yeah. in the middle of this horrible pandemic. Mm-hmm. The, the, the virus is mutating, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we have someone in charge who isn't actively trying to kill us. That's nice. But... Um, <laughs> It's still a, a threat. So um, as for the white supremacists, I, yeah, that, that's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary that they're mobilizing. It's scary that um, that they exist to begin with. And mm-hmm. that thing that happened, the besieging of the Capitol yeah. on January 6th, um, is a, was a horrible thing, a dark stain upon the country. Yeah. One of the worst things to happen in this country since the Civil War, period, full stop. They can spin it all they want, but that's right. what it is. So. The wow. fact that there's people that wanted to participate in that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But again, just to talk you down off the ledge, <laughs> the impeachment thing hasn't even happened yet. It mm-hmm. hasn't started yet. And I think, I hope that what the impeachment is going to be is basically a uh, a law and order type episode where they just outline what actually happened. Because mm-hmm. right now there's there's a lot of stories sort of hinting at it, but they're going to make the case that mm. Trump incited insurrection. If they're going to charge him with that, they have to make the case, right? right. And they're going to. They're going to have witnesses. Witnesses are going to testify. And by the end of that process, whether or not the, the Republican senators vote to remove him, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing, the American people who are paying attention are going to be like, oh, yeah, wow, that's awful. And, you know, I think that there are a lot of well-meaning people in this country who fell into this rabbit hole mm-hmm. of QAnon because the media failed so fantastically, so catastrophically in its job and at its function for the last five years. Really, you know, the, the, it, there too many people didn't know where to go for the news and to be told what was going on, and they sought out alternative sources. Mm-hmm. And you know, I did that. I sought out alternative sources. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, and trying to find people who knew what they were talking about, because you have to, you, you can't, you can't go necessarily, but you have to, you can't just read the New York Times. You have to say, okay, yes, it's the New York Times, but it's Maggie Haberman wrote it. So therefore, grain of salt, mm-hmm. you know, and it's exhausting, <laughs> yeah. it's exhausting to have to do that all the time. Yeah. And these people, for whatever reason, fell down this Q rabbit hole. It yeah. made sense to them. It appealed to their biases. And now they're paying the price. Do you think that, I mean, obviously, uh, Merrick Garland has not yet been um, confirmed. Lindsey Graham's getting in his way, I heard. I, and I don't know a lot about that. But eventually, I would imagine he will be. I, I certainly hope so. Um, and I'm just wondering if you think that the reason the DOJ, well, I mean, okay, Couple, couple things. Reason the DOJ would not be going after Trump at this moment. Number one, because uh, Merrick Garland hasn't been confirmed. Number two, um, that they may be like waiting for the impeachment trial to happen. And that will, I think, serve, could be, serve two purposes. One, court of public opinion. And then also, there's all the evidence right there, just already all gathered. Not that they haven't done anything or wouldn't do anything on their own, but it's just all going to be right there. And do you think the do you think that after the impeachment trial, when Merrick Garland is finally in place, that the DOJ will go after Donald Trump for insurrection? 
I don't know if they'll go after him for insurrection, but just to, just to go through what you said, I think, yes, there is some coordination with the federal government now about how to handle him. Mm-hmm. They're going to impeach him. So what you don't want to do if you're, say, Tish James here in New York is start indicting him right this second. Yeah. You're going to wait until that's done. Um, and then, again, he's not the president anymore, which mm-hmm. is interesting. If they subpoena him to appear, I think he has to appear. I don't think he, he's allowed to not. So that'll be interesting if they choose to go that route. I'm, I, 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 I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know how this stuff works. But it seems yeah. to me that, you know, if they subpoena you, you kind of have to show up. Right. That's, that's how subpoenas work, right? Yeah. Um, as for Garland, I, I think that they're terrified of this guy. They <laughs> yeah. are terrified of him. Yeah. Poor, poor Merrick Garland is like it's like his fate in life. I don't know what his what he no did shit. in his past life, but all he's doing now is just sitting in the waiting room, just yeah. play the Fugazi song. Because that's all this guy's doing. He's just waiting, you know. It's like where is this Godot and Garland? You know, that's that's it. Um, <laughs> he's, but you know, he's not a guy that's going to leave that job on the on the D.C. circuit, right? To just push paper around and and be like, oh, this is a nice office. You know, he's going to go there looking for scalps, and they know it. And Lindsey Graham damn well knows it. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're stalling. They right. know as soon as that guy's in there, they're in trouble because he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be a politician about it. That's what right. I think. That's what I hope. And I realize I know that we've been saying we on the uh, the anti-Trump uh, mm-hmm. people, the law and order, whatever you want to call us, our side, the good guys. Mm-hmm. OK, we've been saying, oh, my God, when Mueller ha- happens, then they're going to get arrested. Mm-hmm. When this happens, right. Then right. Get right. Arrested. <laughs> and they keep not getting arrested. And we sound like we're nuts. Yeah. But the reality is that he is Trump. Trump has committed a lot of crimes. Mm-hmm. Kushner has committed a lot of crimes. Junior has committed a lot of mm-hmm. crimes. Giuliani has committed a lot of crimes. We cannot let them off. No. We can't as a republic and expect to survive. So it's, at some point. We have to find out what's going on. They need to be indicted. They need to be prosecuted. They need to be convicted. They need to be punched. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Fucking A. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think right now, first of all, again, he's been pre- he's been there for two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to take a little. He doesn't have his full team there. Right. And something like that. If you're going to go after a former president, mm-hmm. it requires a guy like Merrick Garland, I think. A yeah. Guy who is not a politician, a guy who is a very respected uh, circuit court just judge and people from both parties like him. You know, he's, yeah. he's a straight shooter, as they say. That's the sort of person that you need head up this kind of thing and be in charge of it you need that gravitas you can't have anybody with even the hint of uh, of impropriety yeah like at this point even i know people wanted sally yates and i think she's probably like that in real life yeah but she's now because trump went after her she can't do she can't do it you mm-hmm. know she's she's already she's involved with it and therefore she's not eligible unfortunately so now do you um, remember I'm, I'm trying to find it i can't remember which case that garland was on that was about uh domestic terrorism timothy mcveigh yeah there you go timothy mcveigh so i know that like he knows he knows his shit he knows what he's doing and i saw there was an article i posted it and i just like i, re- I forget everything like, my mind like there's so much information coming out. <laughs> oh, no, no, no believe me it's <laughs> terrible i'm so bad um but yeah all that all i just i i'm very much looking forward to him and i hope I, now how are they going to get around how can they get around that as far as confirming him i mean can the republicans just continually uh stall and m- force biden to choose someone else i mean what's what predict 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how these Senate rules work. I don't understand why it's taken this long. Yeah. I think uh, from what I'm, uh, I gleaned, it had something to do with Lindsey Graham was still the chair of mm. the judiciary thing, and therefore uh, he could stall it. But now I think he's not anymore. He won't be at some oh, point. Oh, okay. Um, I, and they can't stall him forever. Right. Um, and, and if they do, then they'll have to put an acting person in there. Right. And let the acting person go in and, yeah. and, uh, and clean up the house a little bit. I don't know. Wow. Um, that, for, that's, that's, Can't they just put Merrick in there? That precedent, so. Can't they just put Merrick yeah. in as acting? No, because they want him to be there full time. Oh, he, I he's going to have okay. to wait and then they can have somebody in there acting in the meantime. I get it. In All theory. Right. Um, and maybe he just needs to put in somebody who is a political guy that's going to go after everybody so that they're like, oh, maybe we're better. Right, off right, right. You know what I, mean? like maybe that's I don't know. I don't know. How yeah. That works. Yeah. OK, so before we I'll talk a little more about this, but and I want to talk about Dominion. But before we get into that, let's talk about Brett Kavanaugh, because I remember you were saying, you know, prior to the election and everything that you were going to talk about this, providing Biden wins and we can, you know, talk about Merrick Garland. So let's talk about him. Now, you this is what is a five or six part series. And have you written all of it yet? No, we're no, working okay. on it. I'm working Got on it. it with Lincoln's Bible. And it's, it's, it's the plan is for it to be five parts. All of the five parts are very long. It's it's going to be basically a book when, when wow. it's all done. But but uh, what we're trying to do here is to, is to really take a look at stuff because that that process was rushed along. Yes. And he came in. There, he's been in the in, in involved as a judge and also um, in the jobs before that with the federal government for such a long time. Despite the fact that he's not that old, there are so many documents to, to have gone through with him mm -hmm. that people just didn't have time to do it. They, they document dumped all these classified emails and correspondences and stuff like that, kind of right on the eve of the vote. There was all this crazy stuff that was happening. Um, it was basically a fire hose of information hmm. trying to flood the zone. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do is go back and look at everything that happened and uh, put it all in one place, give it narrative shape so that people can kind of start to grasp what just happened, mm -hmm. which is they picked this guy, Kavanaugh, who is a, um, you know, he's smart enough. He's a, uh, but he's a partisan guy. Mm -hmm. he's, he's always yeah. been a very partisan guy. And if you look back at his resume, he's been involved. Any any kind of GOP fuckery that has existed since uh, Clinton, he's been involved with, right? He was um, on Kenneth Starr's team during the Clinton impeachment. Uh, he was Woodward's source for that. So he was the one that would leak shit to the press. It was Brett Kavanaugh who sort of insisted that the questioning use Monica Lewinsky's um, grand jury testimony. Mm -hmm. So that all those gross questions about, you know, graphic detailing the, the sexual stuff that they did. That was Brett Kavanaugh's doing. Right. Um, he was also in charge internally of investigating the, uh, the Vince Foster death to see oh, okay. if there was anything with that there's lots of that's just that mm -hmm. then he went from there during the um the uh, election of 2000 there was the florida recount and he was part of the legal team there along with john mm -hmm. roberts and mm -hmm. amy coney barrett and um, george conway and some other mm -hmm. you know basically a gop federalist society all-star team mm -hmm. so he was involved with that 
Okay. Then he goes from there and he starts working for W. And he's he's doing that. He's in the office of legal counsel during the torture memo period. So oh. he's sort of involved with that, even though he told the Senate in 2018 that he wasn't. He yeah. was. Right. And there were also these weird emails when he was the staff secretary. He was White House staff secretary, succeeding Harriet Myers, who her she was also nominated for Supreme Court and she withdrew. But hmm. um, so he's involved with all of this stuff before he goes. Um, you know, and, and becomes the circuit judge, mm-hmm. which happens in 2006. So, uh, you know, that's not usually the resume of somebody that you want to put on this on on a court because yeah. he's clearly partial. He's partisan, right? You know, and in fact, in 2006, when he um, had his confirmation hearing for the D.C. Circuit, Chuck Schumer stood up and said this. He, he outlined the case. You're, you're part, I forget what the exact quote is. We have it in the piece. But, you know, you're partisan. You're, you're, you know, we're worried about you mm-hmm. because you're partisan. And how can you be objective and, and, and that kind of thing? So he's coming at this from a, a really partisan way. That's A, okay? That's not illegal. It's just weird yeah. and, and kind of iffy, you know. Uh, why, why pick a guy this partisan to, to do this job? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is his, uh, you know, the, the whole business with uh, Anthony Kennedy kind of resigning out of the blue. And there's mm-hmm. this sort of mystery about why he, he resigned and why was Kavanaugh picked. It turns out Anthony Kennedy's son, Justin Kennedy, was the head of the Deutsche Bank mm-hmm. real estate division that did all this business with Trump. And he and Trump were chummy and they used to hang out at the U.S. Open together. There's lots of information about this in the David Enrich book, um, Dark Towers, which is about Deutsche Bank. But uh, as LB, as Lincoln's Bible pointed out, Anthony Kennedy's father, also named Anthony Kennedy, I think they have a different middle initial, was a, was had his own law firm, his own small firm, and his main client, and maybe his only client, was Artie Samish, who was basically the Roy Cohn of California, <laughs> and the godfather for, I mean, the, the, the Mickey Cohen, the gangster, mm-hmm. um, said, he, this is my godfather, that's what he called him. Wow. So, you know, this is like, he's, it's, it's, it's not that he's a mobster, but he's definitely, there's organized crime stuff there, Yeah. okay, which Trump knows because trump is also involved with the organized crime. Yes. so that's weird okay kennedy leaves and he picks cat he I, the, the story is that kennedy only would leave if kavanaugh was the judge that's reporting by ruth marcus of the washington post hmm. okay if it's true that means he was he was recommended to kennedy by this judge named alex kaczynski who was the ninth circuit court judge in california who kavanaugh uh was a law clerk in that office in 1991 and 92. Kaczynski had to resign in disgrace because he had all these uh, sexual harassment problems. And he had this, this secret stash of porn that he kept on his own personal website. And it was one of those things where um, it was publicly accessible, but you had to know like the subdirectory to go look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. And so this is like Kavanaugh's, you know, mentor and friend, this right. kind of weird, creepy, sexual, harassy guy. Um, so you have all of that. And then you have his money. And his money is right. really, really weird. Okay. He bought a house in 2006 um, that cost $1.2 million. The mortgage is for a little less than a million. He put $240,000 down, and he did not have anywhere close to $240,000 in his bank account. He just didn't have it. Hmm. So, People are wondering and wondered even at the time, okay, where did the down payment money mm-hmm. come from? And then he, he, he said stuff 
during the Senate testimony that makes no sense. It's, well, you know, it was from my retirement plan. Well, your retirement plan had $70,000 in it, so mm-hmm. I'm not good at math either, but that seems like it's a lot less than 240, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there's also, he, he has these credit card debts for a decade where you have to, by the way, the reason we know all this stuff is because you, as a judge, a federal judge, you have to disclose your finances, your mm-hmm. liabilities, your debts, gifts, this and that. Mm-hmm. And he did this every year. So he had pretty big credit card debts every year, um, as, as high as the, the minimum his debts could have been in 2016 were $45,000, wow. probably more than that across three credit cards. And then at the end of 2017, all of a sudden, poof, the credit card debts are gone. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. you don't make that much. Mo- How did this happen? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and again, it's hard. You live in a house where your mortgage is a million bucks you're paying a lot of money mm-hmm. every month. You have two girls in private school. You go to a country club. You know, you, yeah. this stuff adds up. Like, wh- it doesn't add up. His money didn't add up. But you go and look at it, and it's like, okay, you. So the down payment was paid off, and then right after that, you became a, a federal judge. And then <laughs> yeah. your credit cards are paid off, and right after that, you go on the Supreme Court. So it looks really fishy, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he goes, and the explanation that he gives for the credit cards is that he was buying baseball tickets, like season tickets to the Washington Nationals for his buddies. And then they would all reimburse him, and that's how he paid down his credit cards. Such a crock of shit. makes no sense. No. It's not, it's, there's nothing remotely believable no. about that story. And anyway, so there's all this crazy financial stuff. There's 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 spooky, weird things he was doing as a lawyer with the Bush things that nobody wanted out. And then all of a sudden, boom. The story breaks about Christine Blaze Ford Mm -hmm. and the media stops paying attention to all this other stuff. Mm. And then it just becomes about the he said, she said thing, which obviously um, she was right. And Mm -hmm. we believe her. And it's pretty damn compelling, her story. Mm -hmm. And he should not. That should have been enough to to ixnay his entire thing. But unfortunately, in this country, that it isn't enough. Mm -hmm. We already have one guy who is credibly uh, accused of sexual harassment who's been on the bench for years and he's a terrible justice and there's mm-hmm. no business there uh now we have two that we know of right um so you know but the point is then he he went in there and then everybody's attention got diverted and we still don't know the answer to these questions who paid his down payment who paid off his credit card bills how was he able to live for for all this time on the salary because it doesn't it doesn't add up you know, and uh, I don't care. His father is very wealthy. Mm-hmm. If his father was bankrolling him, great. But you got to tell us. We mm-hmm. have to know. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we yeah. don't know, I don't know who's paying you. And if I, I, you know, we don't know. There's only nine justices. If one right. of them will just is just going to do what you say when you pick up the phone and call, we need to know that as mm-hmm. the American people. So, you know, he he said a lot of things under oath in 2006 and 2018 that are very questionable. That approach perjury and probably are perjury. Mm-hmm. Some of the things may be finance, you know, fraud for mm-hmm. all I know. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the down payment and on the mortgage and, uh, you know, where did that come from? If he lied about that on his application, technically that's not legal. Um, you know, and again, fine, you're paying the mortgage. It's no, no big deal, except that you're a judge, mm-hmm. you're a Supreme court justice. You're supposed to be kind of above this stuff. Yeah. And, the optics are really terrible. So anyway, yeah. we have this piece, uh, this series of pieces. It's out. The first one came out last week. The next one is coming out on Tuesday. 
And uh, I think we're going to take another week uh, before the, the next one drops because these are, you know, it's, it's just a lot of stuff. It's a lot, so much yeah. to, to cover that it's, it's difficult. But uh, I do uh, encourage your listeners to go go take a look because it's it's important, you know. Yeah, and they can find it on your timeline. And it's called Who Owns Kavanaugh? Number, and it's number one, uh, The yeah. Justice and The Replacement. It's definitely, it's a long read. But yeah, there's so much information in it. And I want to ask you, first of all, I know that Sherry Jacobus is, she's not a fan of the Lincoln Project. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah. and so, and you know what, I, I've gone back and forth about them and it's, you know, I mean, I totally get everything that she has to say and I feel just as frustrated as she does. And I know right now there's this war going on and I'm kind of trying to stay out of it and I want to support Sherry, but at the same time, I don't know enough about it and I don't want to get involved. And, and, you know, going back to my, I'm worried about what's going to happen and I don't know how much good that they can do uh, for the next elections. Maybe they're going to help and they'll be good. I don't know. And I'll ask you about that. But my question here is Sherry has brought up the connection between Kavanaugh and I mean, uh, yeah, Kavanaugh and uh, George Conway. And sure. so do you, can you expand on, on what he has to do with it? And also Amy Coney Bear. I mean, obviously you said they were all on the, the Bush v. Gore thing. So that ties them together. And, you know, I don't know. Ex- I mean, George Conway, I will say out of all the Lincoln Project people, and I don't know if he's involved with them now. He was supposed to have stepped away, and I don't know if he has. I don't like that man. I feel very uncomfortable with him. And even though he was anti-Trump, that doesn't mean he's our friend. So, like, expand a little bit on the Conway thing, if you can. Well, I don't know a lot about it, but I do know this. He's, he's in the Federalist Society. Mm-hmm. And as Sherry has pointed out, he did not become kind of a public figure until around the Kavanaugh thing. Mm-hmm. That's when he made himself known. Um, after it was, I think it was after, you know, after the guy got on, then he came out mm-hmm. and, and, and this and that. Now the Federalist Society, which sounds benign, is uh, the, the director of that, the sort of the eminence grease behind that is a guy named Leonard Leo, who is a, what I would call a radical Catholic. Like um, I, I was raised Catholic and mm-hmm. the Catholicism that he, that he, this the, these people seem to 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 uh, espouse is not one that's familiar to me. Mm-hmm. You know, very conservative to the point of you know they want to bring back. There's an article in the Daily Beast about this a while ago by Jay Mickelson, where you know the, the goal is to go back to pre New Deal. Obviously, you know, abortion bad, mm-hmm. women's rights bad, gay gay rights bad. You know, they hate all that stuff. Yeah, and um, the Federalist Society is a group of you know. The, the, what its purpose is, is to find young attorneys and groom them and, um, you know, mentor them and get them to the point where they kind of pass muster. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So people that are involved with the Federalist Society, you know, John Roberts, Tony Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, George Conway, the list goes on and mm-hmm. on. Um, this is a, an enormously influential group in getting judges placed on courts, not just on the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. but the uh, lower level courts as well. Okay, there's that. They have a a PR firm that's called the Judicial Crisis Network, and they're the ones that do the PR. So like the bus that Amy Barrett's driving around with a bus with her face on it, that's likely paid for by those people. It's Mm -hmm. like this. It's a you know, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. So Conway is involved with with that group. And that group to me is uh, is bad. They're mm-hmm. just bad. They're anti-American. 
Yeah. Um, they are they want some sort of uh, fascist thing to happen, some sort of dictatorial thing, because that's the only way to achieve their their ends. Wow. We're not going to be right. a country that that criminalizes all abortions. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen here. Uh, and the only way to make something like that happen is to have a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. We're not going to we're not going to roll back rights for LGBTQ. We're not going to do it in this country. The only way to do it is to is to set up a dictatorship and. You know, from where I sit, that's that's scary stuff. You know, I don't want that to happen. You don't want that to happen. Nobody listening here wants that to happen. So Conway is very funny on Twitter and he's obviously a very smart guy. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy for anybody to help take out. Right. Exactly. You know, I, I don't care who it is. If you're helping with that, then, you know, you're on the team as far as that goes. But that doesn't mean and I think this is the problem that that people have. Um not the problem, but the, uh, everybody likes to sort of, not everybody. I'm talking myself into a corner. I don't want to generalize. The tendency is when people put out stuff that you like is Mm -hmm. to embrace everything about them. You just want to love everything that they do. And that's not the, you know, not everybody is, none of us are perfect. We all have flaws. Mm -hmm. We all have things that somebody else might not like. You know, you're never going to like 100% of somebody. You're always going to be 5% of the person Mm -hmm. that you don't care for, uh, including ourselves, you know? Right, (laughs) yeah. So, so, okay, yes, the Lincoln Project, they're smart guys. They're on our side. They're funny. They seem like they'd be cool to hang out with. They make good ads. I like it. But that doesn't mean that, Everything they do from now until the end of time is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it just isn't it, any more than, you know, everything that Colin Kaepernick does from mm-hmm. now till the end of time is going to be awesome because Colin Kaepernick, yes, he started all that stuff by kneeling. Mm-hmm. And he also said that Trump and Hillary were the same and that he wasn't going to vote. So, you know, mm-hmm. he did bad things, too. Yeah. In terms of getting the word out. Right. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody says things that not everybody believes, whatever. It, we can't go around and, and, and sort of castigate every mm-hmm. single person for not believing 100% with everything that we believe. Yeah. We'll never get anywhere. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, the, I think the idea is, you know, I said this uh, a couple weeks ago that I don't, if if the Lincoln Project were to swoop in, like, for instance, we know that, you know, uh, Steve Schmidt worked for Howard Schultz. And right. anybody with a fucking brain in, your, in their head was like, this guy sucks ass. Howard Schultz was like the worst fucking candidate. He was a dick. You know, it's like, dude, you can't. I mean, Trump was a dick, but Trump had his own weird charisma. You know, people there was just something yeah. that people liked him. I, I, I don't I will never understand that as long as I live. But they did. But no one liked Howard Schultz. <laughs> I mean, This guy was like yeah. really boring and unlikable. And Steve Schmidt got a paycheck waved in front of his face to you know, continue to pay for his 35 different kitchens that he's always, you know, (laughs) filming himself in on MSNBC. And uh, I think that that man, and I'm not, I I can't really talk about the other ones because I don't know all of them, but, you know, he certainly likes to go where the money is. And I'm not even, I'm not even going to blame him for that. But yeah, he, he, so my concern though is that, well, it's not even a concern. If they come in and they kick some ass for a while because it's lucrative for them and then at some point they leave or switch over, then I really don't care. Like, I don't, I'll take their help. I just, well, that's the thing. I mean, they're political strategists. That's exactly. That's what they do. They go work for candidates. I yes. Mean, they have to take a paycheck. That's their 
That's their, that's that's their literally job. their yes. job. So, you know, to <laughs> criticize them for doing that is silly because, you know, he, he's got to, that's, that's his job. I well, mean, right, right. You know, put, put food on the table. But understanding that the thing yeah. is, is it's like most of the time when you're a political strategist, you stick to your party and you work for people who you, you believe in their policies and values. It seems like Steve Schmidt just goes to whoever is, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, I mean, I know that there probably are political strategists because I don't know enough about this that kind of go and help either side. But I just, I just feel like, you know, I mean, I, I, I get this, I get that Steve Schmidt and Rick Wilson truly did not like the direction Trump was taking us. And I do think that, you know, whether you agree with them or I agree with them or anybody else in the, you know, listening, I think they are patriotic. They, they want to save this country. Um, I don't know what will come of them. And I, I'm, you know, there's right now, like I said, there's, there's something going on with uh, Sherry and this woman, Tara, and they were arguing and then Tara deleted her tweet. And, you know, and I, and I think that Sherry is basically saying, um, you know, she, she's just calling them out. And I think this woman said that, I think Tara said that Sherry begged for a job with Lincoln Project and that basically now she's just being bitter because she didn't get it. I don't get that from Sherry at all. I mean, I know that, you know, I've had her on the show several times and I know that she was approached by the Trump campaign and she was like, no. And then she got fucked over. She's a woman who, you know, is a political strategist. And so, I mean, I I want I like I lean toward believing her because she's been so forthright and she left the Republican Party when Trump became the nominee. And has said, you know, like if she were back in the day when she was a moderate Republican, she could have just as easily been a moderate Democrat. And when I listen to her grievances, especially with the Lincoln Project, she a lot of the time is pointing out that it's mostly white men running this and they're getting all this money. And we I guess like supposedly Rick Wilson, you know, got all this money for this film that he never made. Where's the money? Blah, 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 blah. Some of that stuff I don't care about um, because I feel like. The, the one thing that the Democrats can learn from the Lincoln Project is to be a little bit more aggressive. And, I, you know, I like the fact that they are conservative people. I mean, even if, if Steve Schmidt has registered as a Democrat, he's still got a conservative mind. And the conservatives and the Republicans just know how to they know how to go after someone with teeth. Really, they, they do it better than we do. And so, therefore, you know, I'm grateful for that kind of, um, you know, there, there are certain attack ads that work, and we don't like attack ads, but we pay attention. You know, I mean, I wrote an article the other day, and it wasn't like the best article in the world, but it was, it was an article about what Democrats have done for you. Like, almost nobody gave a shit. <laughs> you know, it's, they want to read about Marjorie Taylor Greene saying something horrific. That's what gets your attention. And so, you know, it's, it's the idea that the Lincoln Project knows how to get your attention and they are very good at kind of slapping down whoever they're going after. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be I think I'm always going to keep an eye like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, like I don't know about you, but the George Conway thing. And I don't know how he's involved with them anymore because the first time that that Claudia was getting attention for calling out her mother, that's when they both said, "Okay, we're we're going to take some time to spend with our daughter." Then things only got worse because just recently, Claudia is releasing footage of Kellyanne being like abusive, emotionally abusive, hitting her, 
And then and then supposedly Kellyanne puts out this nude photo of her daughter, which frankly, I think maybe was her daughter doing it to get her back. And then the cops showed up and everything changed and everybody got quiet. I don't know if that's true. I'm guessing. I don't know. But that family's fucked up. That's a fucked up family. And I feel like someone who is going to go after Trump so vehemently, but is stayed married to a woman who was defending him and lying for him. I never could put that together. Now they're broken up. So I don't know there, but George Conway and knowing what you just told me, adding that into the mix, it's like, I really don't trust that man. I I do not trust him. But again, I guess we got to take what we can get right now because we're Donald, you know, I mean, Donald Trump is gone, but, but the, the damage that he caused remains. Oh, sure. Um, First of all, I love Sherry, and Sherry yeah, has me an too. incredible track record of being right about almost everything she does. in the last five years. If you go back and look at her tweets mm-hmm. from you know five years ago and, and read forward, I can't think of a time when she's been wrong about anything when, yeah, she, me when neither. she starts saying stuff. So, you know, um, I, I, I definitely believe her. Uh, her take, I think, on the Conways is that they never really – you know, they're there for the Conways. And yes. Their objective here is to survive this. Yeah. And that deploying George as a counter to Trump mm-hmm. while keeping Kellyanne mm-hmm. in the goddamn administration is the ultimate hedge. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, you know, either way you win, mm-hmm. either way you lose, but either way you win. And I'm sure that, you know, having a, uh, you know, a, a, a a high school sophomore myself, mm-hmm. I know how teenagers are yeah. and you know, they can be difficult and yes. I have great sympathy for that, but who knows what's going on with that. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about Claudia is she's also been kind of right. Mm-hmm. She, there's been a couple of times where she's reported something mm-hmm. on TikTok that turned out to be true, such yeah. as she was the one that said that Kellyanne had COVID. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. She said that and everybody sort of sat on it and then it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. So, there was another thing too. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. So, well, you know, again, yeah, and I mean, she, as far as she's concerned, as far as Claudia is concerned, she's 15, 16 years old. So, whatever yeah. is coming out of her mouth, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to discount any intelligence she might have or, you know, whatever, but I feel like she's just, she's basically a victim of those yeah. two people. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, she is, she is not, in my opinion, I mean, she's not an adult yet. She hasn't. She hasn't lived her own life yet. And, you know, okay, if she turns out to be a terrible person, then that's the case. And I, I certainly hope not. But, I mean, I just see her as a victim. I see Kellyanne, specifically Kellyanne, as one of the most horrid and wretched people. I can't imagine that she posted a nude photo of her daughter. And the reason why is because she's so politically savvy and understands what would that would kill her. That would kill her if she were to do something like that. There is no gain for Kellyanne to do something like that. But I could see where if, you know, where Claudia was pissed off at her mother and and one of those I'll show you moments, I'm, you know, I'm going to put this on her phone and then didn't realize, you know, the awful consequences of police showing up to your house. And, you know, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I can only speculate. We can all only speculate on this. But that family is fucked up. And I just, you know, I look at George Conway and I'm like, that's out of all the Lincoln Project people. He's the one that I feel like I don't I do not trust him. I will never trust him. And I, you know, I mean, I feel also like you were saying liberals are quick to embrace them because they are whether it's Conway or Rick Wilson, 
you know, without really recognizing or understanding what they've done in the past. And I, I like to look at it more as, as like political strategy. I don't embrace Rick Wilson like, wow, he's so cool because he says cool things. I, I, I can go, wow, that, that guy's fucking harsh or that guy's funny. But I look at him literally, like, as you were saying, as a political strategist, and he's doing strategy right now. He's working on strategy. And so I can appreciate that. But boy, they are really just very confusing to me. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know where they're going to be in five years. I don't know what's going to happen in five years. Are they still going to be on our side? Are they going to go, you know, where the wind blows somewhere else? Does someone else pay more? Do they go to them? Who knows? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, you know, I, I do, in a sense, I wish them luck because this country depends on having two viable political yeah. parties that are that are want, that want to govern, that yeah. want to do right by the American people and that are willing to compromise and negotiate in good faith. And we have not had that in this century. You know, right. since Newt Gingrich started this kind of line of attack mm-hmm. against Bill Clinton in the 90s. But Mitch McConnell has turned it into a, a yeah. dark art form. Yeah. And. The nation has suffered, and we can't have that. We can't have stupid, obstructionist, uh, cognitive dissidents as a political party. Mm-hmm. We need to have a viable, conservative, traditionally conservative party, which mm-hmm. is fiscal responsibility, muscularity abroad, you mm-hmm. know, in, in foreign affairs, um, national security, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and not tied to, like, weird uh, religious stuff. I, I, I <laughs> it, it, everything has to break down and reconstitute. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of the things that that Lincoln Project is starting to work on is helping with the reconstitution of that party. Hmm. I think that Liz Cheney is the most important person in the Republican Party right now, hmm. and I feel that if she fails to kind of establish control here, mm-hmm. that we're kind of screwed. Yeah. As a, you know, that mean, cause that would have mean that the, that the MAGA QAnon crazies have won. Mm-hmm. I feel like Liz Cheney. And again, her policy wise, we do not like Liz Cheney, mm-hmm. but goddamn, she came out. Yeah. She voted to impeach the fucker. Yeah. And she is, you know, she, she stands up for what she believes in about that. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want somebody to say, okay, look, I don't, I don't agree with you about all these things, but right now we're, we're under attack and we have to yeah. join together and right. get rid of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, and that's what Trump and those guys are not that those guys are like, oh, we're actually on the side of the people's, you know, attacking. Yeah. So that's what we cannot have. And we need that. We need a new, you know, we need it to be reconstituted. And I think that it will over time. I mean, I, I cannot, there, there, it may take a little while mm-hmm. but there is no future for a political party no. that's founded on um complete uh you know wackadoodle bullshit yeah jewish it, space it, lasers <laughs> yeah <laughs> Give that, me a fucking that's, break. that's just I, I don't even know what that means but um do they have i mean were they bar mitzvah like i don't understand so um <laughs> It's very strange. Dad, I want Jewish space lasers at my bar mitzvah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I want to ask you this about this now, because we know Dominion is just, like, going fucking crazy. Well, not crazy, but they are not playing. And so they're suing Rudy. Is Aren't they suing Rudy for, like, one point something billion? billion. And then they're suing Fox for $2.7 billion, but it's Fox with... Those th- Lou Dobbs, Janine Jean- Piero, and who was the other one? 
Maria, oh, Maria. What's her nose? Which yeah. I can't pronounce her last name. Um, which interestingly, Lou Dobbs lost his show. I'm wondering if the other two are going to keep their show or shows. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, do you think that Dominion is going to go after Donald Trump because he's fucking the one who started it? I mean, there is a tweet out there where he blames Dominion. So I'm wondering, do you think that they're going to wait and and, you know, let let the lawsuits go forward with these other two and then and then it sets precedent or what's what well, do you they think? should. I mean, logically, they should wait for the impeachment to be over. Let let I the see. impeachment managers make the case, and then they can just cut and paste it. You know? That's true. Yeah, that's same thing with, is. like, DOJ then. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I think. Also, I mean, if you're going to sue somebody, you want to actually get money. Trump doesn't have a pot to piss in. Right. Uh, I guess he does have his his real estate holdings. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Dominion winds up being something that's very well-named because soon they will have Dominion over all of them. I know. And then, you know, I mean, but the thing is, is, yeah, they could take Mar-a-Lago from him. They could take things. He's got properties sure. so they could they could go that route which would be great to see him penniless and of course that brings me to Ivanka Trump you know she's she's thinking that she's got this political career and I'm just I, I you've talked about this before but I just kind of want you to go yeah. over it again because I love to hear it um you know I mean she's definitely got what do you think the chances of her first of all ever getting convicted and going to jail of anything I mean she might have to go through lawsuits and she might have to pay some fines but do you think there's a good chance she could go to jail I don't know. I, I, I don't like to make forecasts like that because it's just it's so frustrating when it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, she certainly could. And, you know, we don't know what's up with this insurrection. Right. There's going to have to be a lot of investigations. We really mm-hmm. like and we've talked about this before, but even just the covid stuff, mm-hmm. we need to know about covid. Jer- Jared, her husband, was in charge of the covid response that mm-hmm. wound up killing half a million Americans. OK. Was Ivanka involved with that at all? Because I think probably yes. Mm-hmm. Ivanka during the in the in the um, you know the the uh, the video on the day of the insurrection is right next to Trumpy, acting like she's the number two. Mm-hmm. Did she really not know what was going on? Because <laughs> right. I think she probably did. Yeah. Uh, you know she's done stuff. That Baku thing. There's there, you know they're laundering money for the yeah. Iranian National Guard. There are things that she's done that are illegal. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with New York, mm-hmm. but Wouldn't, whether she goes to jail, I don't know. It would be great if they um, all go I, to jail. I, but having said that, <laughs> the idea that she has some sort of political re- career is is <laughs> balderdash. I mean, who the fuck is voting for her? What moron would vote for that for her? I mean, right. Does she have a base of people that actually like her? I don't like, know. Who likes Ivanka? D- Junior has a base. He he has all those proud mm-hmm. boys and these yeah. alt right weirdos. They all like Junior. He's yeah. one of them, you know. But but Ivanka, like what? You know why are you voting for her? Yeah. Like she she's she's the, she does not check any of the boxes. Yeah. None. So well, I mean, the rumors that she would go up against. Um... Rufio. Little Mar- little little Marco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like. You know, he might get he might get the Hispanic, the Latino vote and, you know, that over her. You know what I mean? And that therefore, I don't know if she'd be able to kick him out of a seat. When is he? Is it two years? When is his? Uh, God, you know what? I don't when know. does he have to run? Maybe it is. I, it's probably two yeah. years. I'm going to yeah. say. See if I, I, can... I think that I, I think that by two years from now, people will be like, yeah, Ivanka. And everyone will say, who? Yeah, that's what I think. I don't I don't think I think she's. You know, her 15 minutes ended a long time ago. So, yeah, I think it is because he got he got into office in 2011. 
So six years plus, yeah, so it should be um, probably two more years if I'm doing the math right, which I'm not sure. But, um, okay, well, then the other thing real quick, uh, wanted, well, first of all, Rep. Ron White, Ron Wright, a Republican of Texas, dies after contracting COVID. And yeah. so, you know, that's, I don't even know, the Republicans just don't seem to care when one of their own dies from COVID. It's like they don't pay any attention to it. But I'm, I'm wondering, um, how, now, first of all, I'm sure you're not of the age right now. You're you're probably in my age group to get that vaccine, which I think I'm in three. I think I'm in the three. I, I'm I'm 16 to 65 age group because I'm 52. I'll be 53. So I'm I'm. But I, I'm I'm hearing that people are having side effects sometimes. Like for instance, my cousin got the vaccine, and the first one, and it was Moderna, and she. It was, she still has to get the second one, but I think the day after her first vaccine, she had like mild fever, chills, uh, you know, just overall malaise, feeling sick. And I, I heard that the second shot is worse. Like you could, you can get, there was a woman who wrote about it, I believe in the Atlantic. And she was saying that her husband on the second dose got pretty sick, you know, like he had a fever, he had chills and body aches and all that stuff. And, you know, and basically that article was out to say, look, if this happens to you, it's a positive thing because your body is fighting off or, 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 or basically strengthening itself. And also the other thing I just want to put out there is I've seen twice now two different recommendations not to take any pain relievers prior to your shot. You can take them after, but don't take them in, in, antis- in anticipation of your arm hurting because somehow that could fuck up the antibodies that need to be released and work and whatever, not released, but you know what I mean? Um, so don't take any pain relievers before, but I mean, have you been hearing stories from people who have been getting vaccinated that they've, because supposedly that's a good thing and that just your body is working to build up its, uh, tolerance and build up its, um, system healthy. I, there's the, the word is escaping me, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a good thing. Like when a bird shits on you, it's good luck. <laughs> good luck when it rains at your wedding. It's great that you feel like shit. Well, um, but I mean, it just, yes, it's just positive. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the second, it's the second uh, dose is what I've heard. Now, right. my parents who are in their 70s and um, they got it twice. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, That's awesome. I think they were okay. I've also, the other thing I heard is that the better your immune system is in general, uh-huh the greater the chance that you're going to get sick. Interesting. Feel the effects. I don't know why I, I can't pretend to know anything about medicine. Yeah. Okay. Um, my wife got the second dose today. Oh, wow. Cause she's a, you know, um, mental health count, you know, yeah. healthcare per- person. Right. So, um, so she's on the list uh, and, uh, we anticipate she's going to feel horrible tomorrow mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, all that, but I don't know, but friends of hers that have also, you know, in, in, in that community who have had it, the second dose, uh, report yes they feel like shit they're right. completely incapacitated for 24 hours wow you know yeah, what's so that's weird better than getting covid of course yes so. now um do you know which one did your wife get i i, can't, I think it's moderna that's the one i want only because fauci got it and i just i also like the fact that it doesn't need to be quite as cold as the pfizer one i mean I'll, i'm gonna take whatever they got but if i could choose i would choose the moderna one but, um, well, you know, if you if you if you shake it in a shaker with the ice, that's the thing to do. I would also put it in a cocktail glass, with garnish <laughs> of, uh, 
a garnish of um, you know olives or perhaps like a like a, an orange peel. <laughs> a dirty Moderna. No, I, honestly, I haven't. It, this stuff is all science fiction. I just figure like when it's time to get it, I'll just go get it. I haven't yeah. really been paying attention to it because I don't know when my parent, when my mom said, Oh, dad and I are going to get this. I was yeah. like, what? Like I was so surprised. Wow. I just didn't, I just, I just didn't think it would happen for months and months. Yeah. And, uh, so again, it's one of these things where you think, Oh, Hey, people I know have gotten the vaccine, mm -hmm. you know, plenty and of it's good to that hear that people have gotten both doses. I mean, my father's gotten the first dose. I know yeah. his wife is nine years younger I think she's 65 now right i think she's 65 so she doesn't yet qualify um for it but at least he got the first dose and then i know his second dose is probably coming up this week so it'll be he said that after his first dose though he you know i mean as, as opposed to my cousin who actually did get the fever uh, on that first dose my dad just had like a he said he felt a little tired you know it was really nothing and this is Here's me being weird. This is this is one of my weirdnesses. Um, okay. When I was a little kid, I used to like getting sick because I didn't have to go to school, and I would fake being sick as much as I possibly could get away with it. Um, and and there, you know, I mean, I haven't been sick now, and this is weird. I used to get sick all the time. I used to be a smoker, and so I used to catch colds all the time. And I fucking hate being sick. I just want to put this out there. I hate being sick. Um, and then I actually have been able to, I've quit smoking. That really helped. And I take odorless garlic. That's fucking amazing. Like I will never stop swearing over the, the benefits of garlic. There was this one time when I, when I came back to Maryland looking for a place to live when we moved back here, I was staying with my dad and my stepmom and they both had fevers. And I like talk to someone on the phone who's sick and I catch it. So, or at least that's always that's how it was when I was a smoker. So they both had fevers and I was just like totally taking so much uh, odorless garlic and I never got sick. Same with my boyfriend. He got sick. He had a fever. I was taking care of him and I swear it's the odorless garlic. But the weird part about me is like every year, I don't know what Wait, it is. That's I almost, not the weird part? That's okay. not the weird part. The weird part is that I almost like want to get sick. And I, and I think it comes from these, these, uh, feelings from when I was a kid that if you got sick, you didn't have to do anything. It was like total, like no responsibility. You just got to lay in bed and be catered to. But the reality of getting sick is not fun. I don't like to actually be sick, but there's, so it's like, there's this part of me that when I hear about people getting sick, I feel like I want it. That's weird. I, f I don't even understand, but, I, but I'm rationalizing it to myself by saying, if I feel that sickness, it's supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to mean that my body is getting stronger and fighting off the COVID. But yeah, that's just like this weird part about me. Like, I don't know why I want to get sick. <laughs> it's well, just so you know, weird. But the thing is, in this country, in our, in our American capitalist culture, we're supposed to work like all the time. Yeah. Right? We work all the time. I, I work constantly. Yeah. Constantly doing stuff yeah um to the you know i get up early i work in the morning and um it you know the weekend rolls around and i feel like i can work on this i can work on that <laughs> it's not it's not smiled upon to be like i'm gonna go away for two weeks and do nothing right i'm gonna take a vacation like people yeah. 
I know people go away, but the, to actually unplug for any length of time yeah. is something that's sort of tacitly frowned upon in yeah. our culture. The only time that you can really do something like that and get away with it is when you're sick. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. If you about. have COVID, man, you can <laughs> guess what? I'm, I'm in my bed for the next month. I'm not doing yeah. shit. So that might be why you. That's you, what you I think it is. I think you know it, tapping it totally... into the psychological yes. zeitgeist of our country. Yeah, because because I really literally hate feeling sick. I hate it, and and I whine and I get depressed. I get very depressed when I'm sick because I just I just don't Who like likes, nobody likes me. I know it's like but it's like there's this weird thing and, and I think there's there's one other little weird thing to it is that in 2008 I got the flu and I hate it when people get a fucking cold and they say they have the flu because it's not the same it is no, not the same and I got the flu and I was sicker than a fucking dog oh my god I was so sick but I lost all this weight <laughs> It's like this yeah, other yeah. part of me that's like, mm, if I just suffer for a couple weeks, maybe I can lose some weight. But that's a whole nother story. But yeah, that's what it boils down to that. I honestly think that it's it, it, it really does stem from like being a kid and feeling like, oh, I got out of school. I got out of work. I got out of whatever um, chores. And it's not that I have this terrible life. I love my schedule. In fact, the funny thing about my life is I prefer the work. I mean, I'm sorry. I prefer the work week. The weekend comes around, I have to go grocery shopping, and it's the COVID grocery shopping, which is just this fucking takes forever because I wash every single thing off that I bring into the house, and I hate it. I hate yeah, it so much. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it till okay. we don't have, until after two weeks after my vaccine. And, um, you know, it, mainly because of this mutation and, and all that stuff, I just, I'm just going to, plus, I've, I'm going to have to go. She probably might be vaccinized, vac- yeah, vaccinated vaccinated at this point uh but my i'm gonna have to stay with my mom because she's gonna get her other hip done and i'm just don't want to get sick or anything like that to jeopardize her so um but yeah so i don't know i am looking forward to the vaccine though and i'm looking forward to just life returning to some kind of normal i don't know exactly when we're going to be there probably late summer early fall something like that but i'm looking forward to it and i don't know it's just uh these are strange times i i will say you're probably you're very smart to at least wait until March to worry about the midterms. And I'm going to try to remind myself of that uh, as I start, you know, panicking. <laughs> no, no, we, we've got this, you know, we, yeah. we, we really it that the Dems are not in disarray. The right. other party is in disarray. They are in disarray. It's in disarray. Yeah. I mean, he could start that Patriot Party and there could be a viable third that would be party good. where the entire wackadoodle faction of the GOP joins that. That would be and great. Left. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, basically, who's left the Lincoln Project? Yeah, what what will We're, Marco Rubio do? I guess he'll go oh, over to the Wacko Party. What, I don't whatever know. Whatever his handlers tell him to do. Exactly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he'll do. All right. That well, guy, um, that guy's corrupt as they come. Yeah. Oh yes, he is, and he weaponizes Jesus constantly. And I love to say that on, on 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 the Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to start wrapping it up. Is there anything else that you would like? to discuss before we go um i've got nothing urgent i i, I you know if people want to go check out the kavanaugh piece my, my my sub stack is called prevail but it's just my last name my name g-r-e-g-o-l-e-a-r.com and then and, you know th- these are good please go read them yes. share them we we want we want to get the word out about about this guy because yes. i think people have forgotten I, I i should say i don't think people have forgotten but even i looking at it was like oh my god this is even worse than i remembered wow. um in terms of the, the fishiness aspect so i encourage everybody to go 
you know, read that and, uh, you know, keep the faith. I mean, th- th- this is this we, we went through four years of hell. Mm-hmm. We have been traumatized. We were traumatized for four years by this awful, evil man and the awful, evil people around him. And mm-hmm. it's going to take us a little bit of time to come yeah. out of that and not be um, and not have PTSD every every, you know, every time there might be some slight bit of bad news. We're going to go into fight or flight mode. It's going to take a while for us to, to come back from that. But we will. Because we are resilient and we're Americans and we're right, damn it. So damn it, we are. And you know what? I will also say I would urge people to read your piece because I think one of the really important things that we don't always talk about is when the public is all on the same page with whatever, instead of being all over the place, you know, if, if the public is all about, hey, Kavanaugh really needs to be investigated or because I think the chances of him being impeached are pretty low. But it's no, we don't even want him to be impeached. That, that's not what we want. We want him to resign. That's OK, we well, even that. OK, so so the it, having him resign would take a lot. And I think the way we get there is, is that public pressure. It's, it's yes. It, absolutely. And so we're not going to have public pressure unless we have people fully understanding what's going on. So. Definitely read this piece, share it with your friends and talk about it, because if we can, if, you know, seriously, if we can get something, you know, pulsing and he feels that pressure um, there, he might resign. He's not going to resign if we all ignore him. So, yes, keep that in mind. He's going to stay there until there's, you know, really good reason to to step down, meaning that. He's going to get prosecuted and lose his law license. And his ability to be funny. Um, so we talk about this. Moscow never sleeps. That's is a, a contributor on my site. That's his pen name. Uh, wrote a piece which is like you know, Kavanaugh could leave right now and just go basically right. make one point five million a year mm-hmm. working at some law firm. That's mm-hmm. pretty nice. Mm-hmm. You know, then he doesn't have to have like weird gifts from other people. Right. Uh, he can pay for his own stuff. So um, or <laughs> wherever the money came from, we don't yeah. know. Uh, but. You know, if he doesn't have his law license, which would be if he got convicted of something, he would lose that. Right. That would really hurt him. So, yeah, uh, you know, that above everything is the thing he would want to protect. So, wow. you know, that's the thing to keep to keep an eye out for. What 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 is where do you where does one get um, what is it? Garlic that doesn't smell. What is it? What is Odor, oh, odorless garlic. Uh, you could just get it at the grocery store. And I think the one that I get is. I think it's called Nature Made, but it's in a green bottle where the vitamins are. It's like one of the popular green oh, bottles. Like a, okay, I was I was imagining like an like an actual thing of garlic. No, but I'm not I'm not even kidding. I am telling you, I will get sick at the drop of a hat, and I would take like it's little soft gels. So I yeah, will yeah, take right. about four. Like when I was staying with my dad and stepmom, and they both had fevers, I would take maybe four or five of the soft gels every four or five hours. And I could feel it. Like, I mean, I was taking zinc, but zinc is supposed to be for colds. You know, that that prevents colds. It doesn't prevent flus. And you don't get fevers when you have a cold. So um, whatever, I think they had some form of the flu and or a flu. And I just didn't get it. Same thing with my boyfriend. You know, he he had a terrible chest. It was it was all in his chest. And he had a fever and um, was just feeling like shit for three or four days. I made him. And even now, my father, who is the least likely to take anything alternative, uh, there was this one winter when everybody had this terrible chest con- congestion. My mo- and in fact, it was so bad that my mother 
had an inhaler. I had to have an inhaler. I've never had an inhaler in my life, but it was such a terrible year. And the only thing that helped her was she put um, tea, tree, tea tree oil in hot water, towel over her head and like breathed it in. It totally got rid of it. Then I did it. It got rid of it. And then I, my father had it. It was across the country and he did it. And now even he swears by it. And like he doesn't oh, believe in that shit. Yeah, I'm it not, is. Not it's not fucking argue. unbelievable. But the good thing about the garlic is that um, if Rudy Giuliani comes to your house, <laughs> you're, you're, kind you're of protected. protected. <laughs> yeah, you're protected. But yeah, that, I mean, I usually, I don't know if it helps with COVID, but I, I read, because I was curious about it. I thought, I wonder if it's going to, you know, make make you healthier or something like that preventative preventative thing and i looked it up and i found that there there's limited studies with garlic and pneumonia but they did mm. find there was one study that i could find by it was either nih or one of these you know reputable places that people who had pneumonia did well when they were given odorless garlic so they had already contracted pneumonia but it helped take the symptoms down. So, you know what? I, I take vitamin D cause they're recommending vitamin D. So I make sure that I'm all good with my vitamin D and then, um, my odorless garlic. And I like to think in my head that it's a little bit extra protection. If it is, it is, it is, I don't, you know, it is what it is, but definitely with like the common cold or the flu, I have been able to stay healthy, knock on wood for a very long time. And I used to, I used to get colds at least once or twice a year. And now I just don't get sick. So I'm sure quitting smoking helped you know, because that was ruining my system. And it took a few years before I stopped getting sick. And then it just stopped. It was weird. The last time I've been sick was in 2018. I think also like the older we get, the more like, I remember my grandfather never got sick. And I think, I think there are a finite number of colds in the world. Yeah. And after you get them all, you just don't get sick. Right. I don't know. I think I got every single one of them. So take everything I I say with a grain (laughs) of salt and also a tablet of odorless garlic. (laughs) <laughs> hey, and it can't hurt you. You know, it's like it's no, not. No. It's antiviral and antibacterial, so yeah. it's not going to hurt you. And gar- everybody loves garlic. And the nice thing is, is like in this particular one I got because there are several different versions of odorless garlic, and I wish I could remember the name of it. But the one in the green bottle, um, no aftertaste. You can take it with no food, and there's no aftertaste at all. And that's what I'm looking for because I all don't right. want to have that. Good. So anyway, well, it's always a pleasure talking to you. You're so much fun. Thank you for having me. It's it's great, and uh, we'll talk soon. I hope. Okay, we'll let everybody. What's your what's your Twitter? It's at just Greg Oliar. Just Greg Oliar. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to include Greg that Oli- at Greg Oliar. At Greg Oliar, and so of course mine is at author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y, and you can find all of my books on Amazon. You can get the Virgin Diaries and Paint's Choice Plus. Greg has books on Amazon as well, so go check them out. And if you like them and read them, please give us reviews because authors and podcasters need reviews. <laughs> So anyway, uh, you have a wonderful day, Greg. You too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.